Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to another episode of SFP Now. This is our Halloween episode. Um, I'm dispensing with the uh, Halloween voice uh, this week, um, but I'm pretty sure Sean might do something. Keep my voice, given that he's uh, he's like mischievous. And speaking of which, we have Sean with us here now. Um, the, The theme of today's show is Halloween songs and... After Sean and I get through, we're going to be handing you over to uh, Scythe Ride for an interview um, and some some songs from their new album. So um, we've got a fun-packed show for you today, but now it's just down to me and Sean. So, Sean, how are you doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm so like, um, quite looking forward to Halloween. Um, you know, just so I, because I'm actually doing a show a couple of days before Halloween. Oh, cool! Um, I'm going to be on. Uh, I'm going to be on Super Geeked Up for their DC show, and that's on the 29th. Oh, cool! And I'm thinking of buying a Halloween mask that I can put on and wear all throughout the show because I'm going to be on camera. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to see if I can wear a mask all through the show. <laughs> I actually had a couple of um, gigs here. I had one last week that was a Halloween gig, and then I got one this week coming up too. So I got a few I got to play too, and I'm got I'm dressing up as a pirate. <laughs> a pirate? I mean, isn't that the way you usually dress? Pretty much. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you know, I thought you'd at least make some effort and dress up as Rocket Raccoon. Well, it's funny you mention that because in that movie. They call uh, they call him uh, a trash panda, and now when we have raccoons that come up on our deck, that's what that's what uh, Linda calls them, trash pandas. <laughs> 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 yeah. they they are trash pandas. She's like, I gotta feed the trash pandas. As far as you don't go out there and stand in the middle, and go, I am Groot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah that would go over well. <laughs> Um, are you getting all excited about Stranger Things coming back? Oh, I am. Uh, I'm so up for that. I'm probably going to binge watch the entire thing over weekend next week. It's probably going to be about eight episodes again, isn't it? So, yeah, Linda and I are going to do that too. Yeah, because if I don't binge watch it, I know if I don't binge watch it this weekend, I'm not going to have time to watch it because uh, with with all the TV shows being back now, we're, we're actually reviewing quite a few of them on the website, and it's all like uh, it's time consuming, man. Oh yeah, yeah, most definitely. It's time consuming, you know. So like, uh, you know, if if I was getting paid for it, I wouldn't be complaining so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, anyway. Uh, on with the show. Sure. On with the show. Favorite Halloween songs. Um, 
I don't know. Should we make it our top five or a top ten? What do you think? Oh, we could do ten. Why not? And, and then if it comes right down to it, I'll cut it to five. <laughs> I, I'm probably going to struggle to do ten. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll struggle to do ten, but I'll just sort of go with whatever you, whatever you want to do. Um, um, my, my, my first one, I think, is... Uh, the Monster Mash. Oh, that's a great one. It's an awesome song. That body is not dead. It has never lived. I created it. I made it with my own hands from the bodies I took from graves, from the gallows, anywhere. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly to my surprise. Of course, it's it's the grand it's the granddaddy of, of Halloween songs. It is. I, I can't remember who did it because um, I remember my brother. Um, he had a um, you know he, he he had this thing for the Beach Boys, but he also had this thing for Jan and Dean, and he played their stuff all the time. And I think the Beach Boys must have done a cover of the Monster Mash. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think it was them that actually recorded the original. Yeah, no, the original I think was done by Boris Pickett or something like that. I think that's who it was. But I, I just love that. I, I love that uh, that hook. Let's do the mesh. Let's do the monster mesh. No, it's just brilliant. We actually play that song every, every year, but it's it's the only time we play it. So I got to relearn the song every year. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it, it's it's just it's just a uh, you know. It, it's favourite of mine, and I, I hear it, and it, it just sort of like reminds me of a uh, of Halloween. Yeah, I guess uh, before I forget, I'll make mention that uh, I'll do a shout out to Linda that it isn't here for the first time with the three of us. I think this is the first one she missed, ain't it? Or did she miss another one? I think there's another one she missed. I think. I I think we did the first one without her, and then 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 she came in on the second one that we did, mm. and she's been with us ever since. It's just so like it's it's really sad that she's not here because so like uh, you know with, with with the three of us slowly getting drunk, it's actually more fun. <laughs> Speaking of which, are you drinking anything? Um, I'm I'm just on um I'm just on caffeine at the moment, dude. Ah. So I'm I'm, I'm calm. <laughs> I'm drinking uh, Cuban rum. Uh, I'm drinking a double of Cuban rum. I do believe it's a Havana 7, Havana Club 7, I think it is. So, yes, yeah, nice little drink. Cool. Mixes nice with ginger ale. <laughs> cool. Well, I would be drinking, but unfortunately I've got to be up in the morning, so... <laughs> oh. <laughs> and I, I, haven't, I haven't managed to uh, master that trick of uh, getting very drunk and then managing to get up in the morning. No? Yeah, yeah, that's it's in the hangover is really terrible too. It's usually getting very drunk and sleeping through to the afternoon. Yeah, uh, because you've been kept awake, awake all night pissing yourself. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like I'd love to get drunk because you know I really miss pissing myself. <laughs> Let's admit it. I mean, you know, if you're going to piss yourself and you really want to enjoy it, you want to be drunk. Because you can't really enjoy pissing yourself when you're sober. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. How, how did we get there? <laughs> so, uh, Halloween songs. What's your first pick? Oh, my first pick would be... Uh, oh, let's go something a little raunchy. Let's go Bark of the Moon by Ozzy Osbourne. Cool. Tonight, the moon will be full here. I haven't much time. 
almost every every Aussie song really kind of sounds the same, but I mean, you know, Bark of the Moon, it's it's a classic in its own right. Um, you know, if you're somebody that likes, you know, music on a little bit on the heavier side, it fits that. And, uh, you yeah, know, Halloween's just not Halloween without listening to Bark of the Moon. So, Bark of the Moon, that's, that's, that's my first pick. Cool. I mean, you know, I, I like stuff on the heavier side. I just don't like playing stuff on the heavier side. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know. I'm going to do a sound effect. You want to hear it? Go for it. Did you hear it? Yeah, I heard that. That that was actually Sean opening a beer. Yep, I, I went from the whiskey to the beer now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, you, you're never going to hear a sound as authentic as that on, on a podcast ever again. Mm. You know, Sean has a special way of opening a beer. Yeah, I, I can't pour one to save my life. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's why he just drinks it from the can, folks, you know. <laughs> yeah. Linda, Linda can pour a beer perfectly, but I, I can't pour a beer to save my life. Okay, well, <laughs> uh, another song, um, you know, because I've never really gotten into Barcad Moon. I'd actually have to listen to it to get some point of reference. But I, never really, I never really listened to much Ozzy Osbourne and Black Sabbath, to tell you the truth. But another song of mine, this is an oldie, but it's a goodie. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it reminds me of Halloween for obvious reasons because of its uh, connection to a to a certain movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Bad Moon Rising. Oh yes. Tomorrow night's the full moon. You're gonna change. You'll become. I know. I know. A monster. You've got to believe me, David. Believe what? That tomorrow night beneath the full moon I'll sprout hair and fangs and eat people. <laughs> Yes, it's a, uh, was it uh, American Werewolf in London? Yep. I think that was in. Yeah, that, that was in that. Yep, that was a great movie too. It is, um, you know. Mm. E- e- even even the uh, recent yep. Tom Cruise mummy film thought it was a great movie because they kind of ripped it off a little bit. Mm, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah, CCR. Yep, that's right. And it's really, really easy to play. It's probably one of the easiest guitar songs you're ever likely to come across. That's oh, three chords, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's three chords, but the rhythm's easy as well. It's not, mm. you know, it's a good beginner song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we, we get requests for it every once in a while, too, so. But it's, um, I, I, I just love that song. It, it, it makes me nostalgic for American Werewolf in London, because that's, that's, uh, that's not where I first remember hearing it. Because it used to be it used to be on the radio quite a lot during the seventies uh, and eighties, anyway. Mm-hmm. But it always makes me think of that film, and and that film is just so like uh, it's one of those movies that I'll that I'll put on every year in October as part of the build up to Halloween. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a, it's a fantastic song, and the, and the thing is too that that, so that it's still the type of song that you can get in the car, and when you hear it on the radio, you can crank it right up, and it sounds. Fantastic when it's really loud. Love that song. And it's also a really easy song to sing along to as well. Mm. You know, you don't even have to know the words. You can just mumble them. You, go, you know, it's, it's just a song like it's 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 just one of those. It's it's, it's, a, it's a great song in that it's, uh, you can crank it up high on the radio, mm-hmm. but you can also do the Wayne's World bit to it as well. Uh, there's a bathroom on the right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. So over to you. <laughs> there is a bathroom on the right. <laughs> There's a bathroom on the right. All right. Well, my next one. My next one would uh, be. Oh, we'll go a little heavy again. Why not? Dragula by Rob Zombie. Let's go, Pa. We want to get to the cemetery before all the good spots are taken. And the cool thing about Moto 2 is that uh, I have, what I have is I have uh, edits of the songs, uh, my own edits of the songs, cool. where I took pieces from movies and stuff like that, and I, and I stuck them in. So that's actually what everybody's hearing uh, every time we talk about these songs. So, yeah, Dragula. But you know something? I heard Rob Zombie on, like, on YouTube like singing live, mm-hmm. and I tell you, the studio does a lot for him because I mean he's like way out of key. It is absolutely terrible. I love his music, but you know when he's in studio, he's in the studio. That really fixes it. So, but yeah, like that song, Dragula. Cool, Dragula. Hmm. It's on. Like, I've been listening to quite a lot of Don Felder of me. I've been listening to some concerts that 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 he's got on YouTube, recent ones. Mm-hmm. And oh man, you know, great guitarist, but I don't rate him as a singer. Um, and um, you know. The, it's amazingly obvious that when he's performing live, mm-hmm. they they're using auto tuning. Mm. It sounds awful. Mm-hmm. You know, it just sounds horrible. But see, the thing is that if you if you're singing close to where your pitch is supposed to be and you use auto tune, you can't really tell that it's it's being used. It's just it's touching it up. But if you can't sing where shit, and you're way off, and they really got to touch it up, then then you're right. It's it sounds totally terrible because. You're so far away from where your key, from where your pitch's got to be, that you know when you change it and bring it back, it just it sounds all mechanical and everything. And I mean, really, if, if you're that bad of a singer that you can't even get get close to it, and you really shouldn't be in the studio, and you're really just way what's the way I see it, anyways. Well, you know, yeah, he's he's a great guitarist, but singer, no. Mm. Um, you know, he's singing. He was singing Hotel California, and it just sounded it sounded sort of like kind of. I know it's hard to describe. It sounded kind of by the numbers, but sort of not. Yeah, he he was on the the heavy metal soundtrack, and I I've, I was on here before, you know, mentioning this, saying this before that, you know, the movie Heavy Metal, the cartoon from 1980 or maybe 81, um, it's my all-time favorite movie. And he's actually he had a song on that too that that will cut to right now.
And now we're back from the song. <laughs> um, yeah, so so uh, I, I like that song. It's it's a it's a cool tune, but mm-hmm. you know, even though that was a long time ago, I mean, you know, he's, he was probably probably took him a lot of takes to sing that. <laughs> Anyways, I mean, you know, I suppose with the you know, you, you kind of realize why Henley and Fry did most of the heavy lifting in the Eagles when when you hear that. Um, but you kind of realize that anyway when you hear Joe Walsh sing. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's it's hard to believe when you hear Joe Joe Walsh sing because when he talks, he's, he sounds like he's drunk <laughs> when he talks. <laughs> when he sings, he don't sound like that at all. But <laughs> he's like sober, and he sounds like he's drunk when he talks. No. It's crazy. <laughs> okay, um, so um, my next one. Um, I'm kind of cheating now. I'm actually looking at a, at a list. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I do know these songs. I'm just I'm just drawing from a list. Uh, I'm looking at a list too. So, <laughs> well, it's not Rihanna Disturbia. <laughs> so I'm not ringing into Rihanna. But what about the Ramones' Pet Cemetery from 1989? Oh, yes, yes, that's another great song. Um, and I have I have a, my edit of that song too, which I'll play right. Now! First I played with Dad, then Mommy came, and I played with Mommy. We played Daddy. We had an awful good time. Now I want to play with you. Under the outdoor with the steamboats, ancient goblins and wild loads. Come at the ground line making a sound. The smell of death is on the rail And at night when the cold wind blows No one cares, nobody knows I don't want to be buried In a pet cemetery I don't want to And then we're back. <laughs> well, here's a cool fact about Pet Cemetery. Did you actually know that it was actually filmed in Sleepy Hollow Cemetery? Oh, really? In the historic Sleepy Hollow, New York. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, just sort of like, um, you know, and, you know, we had that TV series, Sleepy Hollow, recently that ended after four seasons. It kind of gradually got worse and worse, but yeah, um, the first season of it was pretty good, but it's sort of like, um, you know, what what a cool little fact, mm. you know? No, that is cool. And uh, and 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 the Ramones went on to you know sort of inform and inspire so many bands as well, you know, including Guns N' Roses. Yeah, I was never a really big fan of theirs, but 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 I do like Pet Cemetery. I, I like the song, and I mean the movie was fantastic too. So you know, mm-hmm. creepy little kid in that. <laughs> yeah. It was, and you know, the, 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 you know, when the pets come back at the end, at the end of the movie, it's gen- that that is really properly, cre- properly creepy. So there we go. That's uh, that's my uh, my number three pick. As I said, I'm going to run out really quick <laughs> <laughs> because I only came up with this idea very suddenly, and then I'll hand over to you because I've got a couple more things that I can go with. Okay. Well, I uh, my next song would be. Uh, we'll go a little more popish this time, and we'll go uh, Ghost by... I just can't remember her name. Is it something Dobson? <laughs> Fifi or something? or I don't know. <laughs> just like a ghost. 
Cool song, anyways. It's it, it only came out about Fifi. What's that? Fifi dubs it. Sounds like something you'd call your dog. <laughs> Fifi, <laughs> here, go fetch. Hey, come hug, come hug my neck, Fifi. Come hug my neck. It's Halloween. <laughs> 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 Once a year, you get to hug my leg. It's Halloween. <laughs> My cat sat here looking at me as if to say, have you gone mad? <laughs> yeah, and, and my cat is a Halloween cat. She kind of looks, you know, you see my cat, she looks like the typical, stereotypical sort of like cartoon Halloween cat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, with her being all black sort of thing. Ooh, yep. It's nice to have a Halloween cat. But, yeah, ghosts. Mm, yeah, and it, it, yeah. it's a cool song. Like, it's only about maybe, I don't know five or six years old it's not that old really and back to you well here's a ringy old one here's a ringy old one um it's uh by donovan mm-hmm. and he recorded it in 1968 it's called season of the witch season of the witch and it, it was off his third album sunshine yep yeah i know the song season of the witch when i look out my window many sights to see and when I look in my window So many different people to be That it's strange So strange You got to pick up every stitch You got to pick up every stitch you got to pick up every stitch mm-hmm. Must be the season of the witch Must be the season of the witch yeah. Must be the season of the witch And it was actually included on the soundtrack for Tim Burton's uh, adaptation of uh, Dark Shadows. So, mm. you know, it's a Cracking little song. But yeah, see, Season of the Witch. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, well, you can't avoid it any longer. I'm going to go with Ghostbusters. God damn it. That was my next one. Yeah. <laughs> that was your next one, was it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I had a hunch it was going to be on, on both of our lists, right? I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's, it's a very popular Halloween song. Ghosts. They're real. They're mean. They're here. Something strange in your neighborhood. Who you gonna call? Yeah, uh, we're talking about the uh, original 1980s Ray Parker Jr. version. Not the crappy revamp one that they did for the uh, 
for, the, for that horrible monstrosity of movie that came out last year, which was such a commercial failure that everyone loved it anyway, according to the critics and according to Parfage. Yeah, it wasn't absolutely terrible, but it was like, you know, they, they, they said they had to make all these changes because they said it, it just had to be that, and there was... They were saying it was absolutely terrible to do any kind of a continuation or anything. I just, I, I never understand why you can't continue something and add on to that universe so it makes that whole universe bigger. You know what I mean? It's not going to be terrible just because you do a continuation. It's going to be terrible if the movie's terrible, right? Yeah, and the movie was terrible. <laughs> yeah, and just, just, just because you choose to, to not go, you know, in the same universe doesn't mean you're going to make your movie good. I mean, I understand if you feel you have to do that, that's fine. But for the fans, you know, of, of any show, I mean, can you imagine? The reason why they're doing what they're doing with Star Wars is because if they did a reimagining, which, you know, the, <laughs> the, 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 the last movie and the next one to come is like a bit of a reimagining of, of episode four and five. But, um, you know, if they absolutely did a total reimagining... Um, people would be up in arms they'd be they'd be pissed off and rightfully so so i just don't understand why they can't do that with with everything why they can't you know like every once in a while something is, is good to be reimagined because if something's really shitty to begin with yeah by all means if it's a good idea but the original was shitty well by all means do a reimagining but if the original was half decent and it's got a fan base add to that world that's that's just my own personal opinion anyways yeah I'm actually with you here. I mean, I think as a rule, what they should do, because they're doing remakes now by the dozen. Yeah. And they, they, they seem to be remaking properties that are as little as 10 and 20 years old. I mean, look at how many times they've remade Spider-Man already. Exactly. But that's nothing new, because the same, same happens in the comics. But um, they're, they're, they've been talking about remaking Highlander for a while, but they, they've just not been able to get it off the ground because they've had different producers and writers come in and actors, and it's all like... Um, it's, in, it's kind of been in development hell. Yeah. Which I'm kind of pleased about, Ring, because I like the original Highlander film. Yeah. Um, and I like the series that followed. Um, the the other two movies that they did were kind of pants. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of like... Uh, I, I think they should have a rule where if a, movie's, if, a movie's under, if a movie is under 20 years old, they should leave it. Mm-hmm. They should only really, you know, do remakes if the movie's sort of like 50 years old and, 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 and whatnot, and, and, and lots of time has passed, Yeah. sort of thing. And they, and they should only then remake it if they think they can actually do something really good with it that's relevant to, to, to today's today's audience. I think the uh, recent Ghostbusters movie, the one that Parth Age did, yeah. it didn't do anything really that better the originals. No. And it wasn't really relevant to, you know, to, to what's now. I mean, it was, if anything, it was just sort of like uh, kind of, it was kind of a feminist version of Ghostbusters with misandrist overtones to it. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, uh, it was kind of like, it's kind of like a girl power thing. Yeah. And not even a, a good girl power thing sort of thing. I, I wouldn't have minded if they did a did a Ghostbusters film where they had two 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 women, two guys. Sure. And they were equals, but Sure. It wasn't it wasn't that way in the film. It's sort of basically in, in the film that the male characters were all made to look like complete fucking imbeciles. Yep. 
Yep, I agree. You're right, though. Two guys, two girls. That 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 would be cool. Yeah. And then and have it so there there's not a, a love interest either, because I mean that's a that's a, a crutch in, in in Hollywood that they got to lean on. It's like, well, if there's two guys and two girls, um, somebody's got to be sleeping with somebody. It's like, well, no, have them friends. Yeah. You know, that's fine. Or, or you could just turn a love interest thing on its head by having one of the guys be gay. Yeah. Have a gang of interest and, and maybe have one of the guys gay, one of the guys straight. And, you know, so like uh, the two girls and, you know, or, or two women. And and that way you're getting, you're getting equality there in that mix. And you're also getting, you know, you're also servicing the, the, the lesbian, gay, bisexual community as well by, by, by having a, a gay character with a gay love interest in there. But I think that might be too progressive. For... Well, what would really be interesting is if you had uh, two girls, two guys, one guy's straight, one guy's gay, one girl's straight, one girl's one girl's gay. The the gay guy is has a has a thing for the straight guy. The straight guy has a thing for the straight girl. The gay girl has a thing for the straight girl, and then it's all just one big. Fuck up! <laughs> you can't follow. <laughs> yeah, that 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 work, that, and that that you could get some genuine comedy out of that and awkward moments as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would. You you would get all mixed up. You wouldn't know who who had a thing for who. And <laughs> yeah, that that work. That 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 that'd actually be way funnier than, than that. Actually, be funnier than the original Ghostbusters. Never mind us. <laughs> Well, oh. well, exactly, and then, then and then what you could do is is that while they're all trying to figure this out, right? Just have a ghost show up and like watch them as they're all like arguing amongst each other, and and you know, and the ghost just goes, like, "Hello, <laughs> hello." <laughs> yeah, you know, this is called no. Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, Ghostbusters is always going to bring up a conversation one way or another. But you know that that film last year or whenever it was, it was just terrible. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I watched it and it was just sort of like, you know. But then again, I watched a few of his movies, Paul Feig, and I, I don't really like his movies. Or I just don't, you know. Yeah. And also the uh, what's the name of the lead actress in that? I can give it. I can take or I can take a leave. Melissa McCarthy, or is it? Yeah, I can take I can take Og either. I mean, she's funny in small doses for me, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but moving on from Ghostbusters, um, given that was a that's something we both went with. Do you have another? Uh, let's see. Let's. Uh, there's. Oh, you know what? There was there was a song actually that was in that new Ghostbusters that I actually really liked a lot. It was the, better than the movie. It was Good Girls by Ellie King.
So no, it's it's like a really really upbeat beat song. But like I said, to me, it was the best best part about the movie. They played that song right at the end. Well, my cat's just jumped up here, and um, you know she heard the phrase "good girls" and she thinks she's talking about her. Oh. And now she's hanging around thinking she's gonna get something. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's a good choice. I, I've got another one for you, um, and I'm gonna get this one in before you come up with it because I, I just know it's probably gonna be on your guest. Yes. Uh, it's from the Rocky Horror soundtrack for Time Warp. Oh yeah, that's that's another classic that's played like every um, every Halloween. Um, I have an edit of that too. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. <laughs> this is the one that everyone gets up really drunk and tries to dance to. Yeah. And it even looks really good or really bad, depending on how good you are at dancing. <laughs> but it's the one that everyone has a go at. I hate to admit it, but um, I actually know how to do the dance. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> I, I think everyone knows how to do a dance. It's fun when you're drunk, yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. I, I, that's actually the only time I get it right when I'm drunk. Yeah. <laughs> if I can't do it when I'm sober. <laughs> now, well, who would want to do it when you're sober? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! But that's a, that, that's a, that's another one on my uh, my guest. Okay. Well, I guess it's me next. Uh, do, 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 do. How about "Little Devil" by the Cult? Ooh, that fits. Ooh. Come on, little level. Nice one. Yeah. Nice one. I have an edit of that where it's got um, uh, some sound pieces from The Omen. So I'll play that right now. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. And we're back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to come back with another pop one. Mm-hmm. How about Fringer uh, by Michael Jackson? That's probably like the most popular one of all time, really, when you think about it. The demons squeal in sheer delight. It's you they spy, so plump, so Thank you. 
try to run, try to scream, but no more sun you'll ever see. For evil reaches from the crypt to crush you in its ice. Yeah, that's that's a fantastic song. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and uh, Michael J- Michael Jackson didn't wear any makeup for that video either. No, no, not at all. It's actually the one time he didn't use makeup. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, not only is it not only is it a great song, it's it's one of these songs that would just that that re- reinvented the music video. Yeah, you know, because if you remember back in the eighties, music videos were sort of like uh, used to be either sort of like live bands playing or, or very unimaginative. Whereas this was one of the first songs that actually gave a music video that kind of had a narrative to it. That that was kind of like a miniature film. And I actually know a fact about that 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 video because it was it was directed by uh, John Landis I think it was that did uh, John Landis yeah did American yeah. American Werewolf in, in London and he got like when you're watching them dance and you think okay these they're all dancing like perfect together he actually got them to practice that for weeks and weeks and just I think it was something like two weeks or something like every day he got them to practice that dance every day Practice, 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 and that's the reason why it looks that tight when when they're dancing like that. It's it's spot on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another thing that's all like uh, you know, that you, you kind of take it for granted now when you see dances in videos. Um, I think that was actually the beginning of, um, of 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 when you see seen you know really tight dance dance moves and dan- dance dancers working working together in, in music videos sort of thing. It was kind of one of the first things, I guess. I guess. Mm. So is it my turn? Yeah, it's your turn, and then we'll just sort of, like, you know, pick our favourite one, because I'm, I'm out of stuff. So Okay. Uh, well, uh, I'll go for my next one. It'll be a little hard, harder rock, but it'll be back to the 80s, um, and it'll be another edit that I did. Um, and it is uh, Looks That Kill by Motley Crue, the Exorcist edit. <laughs> Ooh, nice. Where's Reagan? In here with us. <laughs> Because what you just heard was actually from The Exorcist. It starts off, you know, and as you just heard, it's like, you know, where's where's Reagan in here with us? And I just it just fit that song like perfect for me to stick that in there. So and it's kind of cool to play that every Halloween. So scares the hell out of Linda, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've just thought of one um, off the top off the top of my head, you know, from 
And this is from my mum's record collection because my mum used to, she used to like things like Van Gengis and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things she she she'd play quite a lot, and it wasn't at Halloween, she'd play it um, on and off quite quite a bit. Was a uh, tubing of bells. Oh yes. And I think the track I'm thinking of is Tubinger Bells Part 1, 1973, uh, Mike, Mike Oldfield's debut album. Um, Mike Oldfield, yes. yes. And it's, it's creepy as hell. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, yeah, um, he's like a fantastic guitar player, really good guitar player. I think, think they used it in the Exorcist, didn't they? They did, yep. That that that, that soundtrack, Tubing of Bells, yeah. Yeah, they did. I was just, just going to say he's he's got one of my one of my all time favorite um, albums. I think it's called uh, Sounds from the Distant Earth. And I absolutely love that album. You could you could just sit back and just totally relax and just be mellow, and it's just it's almost like it just it just takes you to a different plane, sort of like the way a Pink Floyd song does. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, tubing of bells, creepy as hell, <laughs> and and that that's the last one I can think of. <laughs> so well, I'll do I'll do my last one, and then we can go through some honorary mentions if you want. Let's do it. Okay, let's go with "They're Coming to Take Me Away." <laughs> <laughs> that's a cool. Do you ever hear that? Aha! Yes, and, they're coming to take me away. Haha! They're coming. To take yes, exactly. <laughs> and and I heard I heard that there there was a. a some guy that did like a mashup on on the internet and it sounded absolutely fantastic and that's what i'm going to play um here in a couple seconds but it's it was an absolutely really cool mashup of the song Mm -hmm. but it wasn't quite the way i liked it so i took it and i re i did a re-edit of it and and well that's what you're going to hear right now cool gotta say uh, you're gonna laugh at this but i didn't even know that was a song <laughs> no <laughs> but but like i said with the, the, this guy the way he did the mashup that like as everybody just heard um it's it's like really danceable now because it was danceable before because it's, it's all based around that drum beat but he he did this you know this uh synthesized thing with it as we just heard and you know it it um yeah it's just it's i thought it was really cool and like, like I said, I just took it and kind of made my own version of it. And uh, of course, I put a little, as you can, as you can tell, I put a little piece of uh, the shining in there. So it's like, here's Johnny. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So now, now on to our honorable, honorable mentions. All right. Do you have any? Uh, no. Um, I, I just have my number one pick, which is the same as what yours is going to be. So. Okay, so my honorable mentions, uh, Abracadabra by Sugar Ray, because 
you know, the Steve Miller version is, is the original, but I like the Sugar Ray version. Um, Backstreet Boys, even though I'm not a big Backstreet Boys fan, it's kind of cool to play, you know, Backstreet, Backstreet's Back. It's kind of cool to play that in Halloween. Boom Le Boom, which I've played here before to open up the show, by um, Shinedown. Boom Le Boom by Shinedown. Yeah. Because I got like an uh, uh, Army of Darkness version of it. And how it starts off. And what the hell, I'll play a little piece right now. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick! And we're back. <laughs> so to continue on, <laughs> it's uh, uh, Burning to the Ground. Um, I did like a, a crow... Uh, the Crow edit of that, too, because that was kind of cool. Um, by Nickelback. Um, Calling All the Monsters, which is, I think, is some kind of Disney thing or something, but that's kind of cool. Uh, E.T. by Katy Perry. Um, Ghost to Me by Daughtry. Uh, Poison um, by Alice Cooper. And then there's uh, Raise a Little Hell, which is by Trooper. It's a Canadian band, which is, they're huge over here. Um, somebody's watching me. I think it was Rockwell, standing in the dark, which is Platinum Blonde, the man behind the mask. Get back to uh, Alice Cooper. Uh, this is Halloween. I did a mashup of that too. I, I did a mashup with that, and I put a Billy Idol song in there. So it goes from "This Is Halloween" by Marilyn Manson, his version, and then it goes into uh, Billy Idol uh, singing uh, "Make Me Scream All Night, All Night Long" or something like that. Called. Um, and then it goes back into This Is Halloween, but... Ah, oh, what the hell, I'll play a little bit of it right now. back <laughs> this is fun <laughs> do you have some more or is that it got a few more uh those are people who died uh twilight zone by golden earring um now what the hell i'm gonna play a little bit of that now too you're traveling through another dimension a dimension not only of sight and sound but of mind a journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination that's the signpost up ahead your next stop the twilight zone 
And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to get a little bit of these songs in, right? Yeah, you got to get Twilight Zone in. Yes, exactly. Well, that's what I did. I, as, as you just heard, I did um, the edit with, with uh, you know, Rod Serling on the first of it. And then it comes right into the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Um, like I said, Werewolves of London. And then the only other two is just uh, Who Can It Be Now and Who Made Who by uh, ACDC. Cool. Because, see, the thing is, a lot of people might listen to Who Made Who and they might say that's not really a Halloween song. But when you think that it, from what movie it's from, uh, you know, Maximum Overdrive, it's still got that Halloween kind of thing, right? All the machines coming to life and stuff. And Plus, it's just a fantastic song. Uh-huh. Yep. So anyways, that's it. So our number one song, our number one pick um, is, um, anyone that knows us will know this one. It's uh, Angus Cooper, The Bannard of the White Fry. about you know basically the the name of the actor that played Renfield in the uh, 1930s Dracula movie was called The White Fry mm. hence the uh, title of the song The Banger of The White Fry just like you know any of the earlier Alice Cooper stuff I mean you know it's absolutely fantastic I mean well depending on if you're a fan or not I mean you know music is an art and when you listen to it you either like it or you don't or you really don't care either way. But the thing is with that song, it's like it's there's a lot of feeling to it. A lot of feeling to it. And I know there was a tragic story behind Dwight Fry. I just can't remember it right now off the top of my head. But yeah, and he was Dwight Fry was in another horror movie too. I just can't remember what it was. I think, I think it was one of those movies that was endorsed by KFC as well. Uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's face it. With a name like... With a name like Dwight Fry, he'd be doing endorsements for KFC right now, if he was around now. <laughs> Dwight Kentucky Fry. <laughs> Dwight Kentucky Fry, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Dwight. My name's Fry. Have your Kentucky Fried. <laughs> so so the, scene where, the scene where he was actually eating a rat in Dracula, he was actually eating chicken. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one, yeah. <laughs> you know... But, but but then again, it actually was a rat. He just saw like said, you know, off camera. Hmm, tastes kind of like chicken. <laughs> tastes like chicken. <laughs> Secret <laughs> recipe. <laughs> oh dear me. Oh, that's great. Um, but you know, most of the Ian Youngest Cooper stuff is so like kind of horror themed anyway. I mean, so like um, you know, the album Welcome to My Nightmare, which is the White Fry on there. So it's like. Um, it's like a horrific journey <laughs> sort of thing with, you know, the Black Widow is another another great song on that with the uh, with the voiceover by Vincent Price. 
in the um, in, in the video as well. And Vincent Price was on Thriller. He was, you know, he was, he was all over that stuff. Yeah, you know, so like, um, he, he was was he even in Edward Scissorhands? He was, wasn't he? He was in the movie Edward Hit Scissorhands. That was one of his last appearances. I think he might have done a voice or something for. Uh, there might have been. Ah, oh, jeez, I can't remember what it was. Jeez, I'm getting drunk. <laughs> Well, you, you're kind of that way naturally, dude. Mm. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But you know that that's that's why that's why you're fun to hang out with. Um, but the uh, you know I like the uh, you know I, I love the way Alice Cooper staged everything in the stage show. I've actually I actually I was lucky enough to see him live a few years back. Um, I'm one of the many that has seen him live by by this point, um, and you know it's amazing to see it firsthand. But you know. His stage show is just brilliant. Yeah, I've seen him uh, twice, actually. Um, the first time, I was really impressed. The second time, I was like, nah, you know, not so much. But it was still really cool because, I mean, the guy's a legend. You know, and you, you could take just his music alone and, and play it all mm -hmm. night, and you would have, you know, music for, for Halloween. Exactly. I mean, the man, the man Behind the Mask, that's an awesome song. And, and also, there's, there's, there's always a, a narrative in his songs. There's always a story in them. Mm. You know, it's kind of like an ongoing story. You know, you know, Stephen mm. from 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 night from from Welcome to My Nightmare. He sort of like carried on as a recurring character throughout most of his songs, mm. uh, writing through to the nineties when I think he was eventually killed. Yeah, sort of thing. But you know, you know, Banger to the White Friday. Well, that's got to be the definitive Alice Cooper song. Yeah, that's a cool tune for Halloween. It's a cool tune. You know, I don't think don't think anything's topped it. No, for me. No. But and anyway, now it's time for our time for our interview, uh, which is going to include a few tracks from uh, from Cyfried. Um, and uh, I know Sean, you're looking forward to this. Wouldn't be another music band sort of thing, and it's um, it's one of those rare occasions where I do interview a music band. Mm -hmm. Sort of thing, and then they've done a lot of you know a lot of really cool stuff, sort of thing. So I think you're gonna enjoy enjoy that. Yeah, I can't wait to check them out.
we have it with us here today, the band that broke Harry Mudd. We have Cy Fried. How you guys doing? Doing great. Awesome. Yeah, you know, it was you guys that got Harry Mudd captured by the Klingons, wasn't it, right? Yes. Yeah, it was us. Yeah. We will take mm-hmm. credit for that. Yeah, we, we're going to have to pin a medal on you for services to humanity there. But, you know, there we go. You know, it's not like... But then again, the Federation's still running the spaceship on mushrooms, as you say. <laughs> That's what I heard. Listen, man. The last time I heard somebody say they want to travel across the galaxy on mushrooms, it was a Beatles. And they did it better than Star Trek Discovery has done it so far. Anyway, you guys, um, you've been, how long have you been going now as a band, Cypheride? Almost a decade. Wow. So yeah, next September, next next September will be a ten year anniversary of our first live show. And it's been a long journey. <laughs> it's been yes. a long road getting from there to here. Oh, it wow. really doesn't feel like that long, though. Yeah. Um. Who was that singing there? They sounded a bit constipated. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> That's why we keep him behind the drums. Mm-hmm. Damn it, Tim, I'm a drummer, not a singer. He's Actually, not... Ian, he is rigged up. He found a headset mic, and he can sing from behind the drums. And we always make fun of him like he's he's at a fast food restaurant. <laughs> or we call him Britney Spears. <laughs> okay, so do you guys want to introduce yourselves, um, you know, so, so, so that our listeners don't get too confused? Um, and so that you know who we are. Yeah, so, so I can... Get an inkling as to who you are. Um, you're you're Dan, right? I'm Dan. This voice is Dan. Mm-hmm. Dan, what do you do in the band? Oh, so me, I uh, I play keyboards and I uh, I play guitar and I uh, you know I generally jam. He sings a little bit too. That's a little bit of singing and you know trying to keep it real. I'm Sunny. I play bass. Jim's muted. He's in the next room over. Hold on, Jim. You're muted. I heard you for a while and then now you're out. Hey, oh, ah. damn it. I'm damn Jim. I'm a drummer. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> well, well, that was fun. Um, Scythe Ride's been going for what ten years now. You do all the conventions up and down, up and down America, right? We do, and we also do club dates and regular shows, also. But the conventions is a really good place place for us to connect with uh, you know fans that like the content of the music. And, and like-minded individuals and and such, you know, people that really they really get our message, you know. And we played in uh, Nashville, New Orleans, Seattle, um, Washington D.C., New York City. New I've been to Alabama. Oh. So you've not been to the U.K. yet. Not yet. We're waiting on that grand entrance that you're going to hook us up with with the expo. Yeah, I'll just get the information to you about MCM Expo, and you can just contact those guys. Because <laughs> um, I don't know them personally or anything, but you know, obviously, if you're a band and you got 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 some heat in America, they're going to want you here. Uh, yeah, we got floss mm-hmm. twice a day. Yeah. <laughs> so, what spurred you guys into? Um, because what what you do is it's a very unique thing. Um, in, in terms of your, your sort of like making music with popular culture and sci-fi tropes in it. Um, 
what what was the uh, what was the impetus for that? You know, when, when when did you guys actually first come up on the idea? Jim should answer this because he kind of met everybody and orchestrated the whole thing at a convention. I think. Well, the way it started was uh, we were we were going to conventions and uh, we were hanging out and we actually met each other. And the convention would end at like six o'clock. We said, "Man, there should be a band. There should be something to do at night." And. Uh, we were sitting around listening to ACDC, and we're like, you know, TNT, this could be TNG. And that's where Cyfried was born. Cool. On a parody. <laughs> yeah. So wh- Our first you... album was all parodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the stuff that I like that you've done is, um, I love all the Ingy stuff, you know, such as uh, Away Team, you know, and the yeah. TNG video par- parody, parody and the chosen one, all that stuff's just great. But you know, just I'm just wondering, uh, how how do you go about writing the song? What what's the process? Um, do you just sort of like toss ideas back and forth about sort of like um, favorite episodes or favorite movies and stuff? Well, there's there's two scenarios. Like one is we just write music that we like, so we kind of get together and share guitar riffs, share, you know, ideas on orchestration. And then is this whole new world of, you know, like you said, maybe a favorite movie or a favorite scene. And then the lyrics, like that's a whole nother ordeal, um, which I don't write any of the lyrics. Jim, Dan, Charles, and Vern kind of do all that imagery for us. But sound wise, it's like there's two worlds happening at once, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. We uh, we just try to write the songs like you know coming from living a lifestyle. I mean, these are just the things we like, and just like any other music, why can't you take inspiration from that which you love? You know, we love Star Trek and Star Wars, and I'm not sure which one. There's factions in here. I couldn't tell you where a Star Wars or a Star Trek band. It's hard to say. Oh you know, yeah, Jim has a Star Wars tattoo. A, Chuck has a Star Trek tattoo. So. There's points in each court, but the bottom line is that's the life we live. So why else we, you know, we write songs about what we love mm-hmm. yeah. and the type of music we want to hear. You know, so it's not necessarily a heavy metal band. You know, I I think we're a very well-rounded rock band. You know, that can be experimental when need be, and uh, that just that keeps the imagery alive where we don't limit anything. Like since Dan's been here, Holodeck Love, in my opinion and Katoon, uh, two songs on hyperspace, have this energy and ambience that they would not have without a keyboard being there. So, like, adding that element has... It's easy with two guitar players to just pound out metal riffs, but honestly, we can do that, but we can do every other style, too, which I think is really good. Because a lot of bands get limited where, you know, you're stuck on one sound. For us, you know, we play the music that the story needs to support it. So we're never limited to being one style. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's something that, you know, from from the few times I've actually listened to your stuff um, and you know the YouTube videos. So I tend to I tend to watch mostly your YouTube channel to be honest. And I go back to my favorites like away team quite a lot. Um, but you know I've, I've noticed that you you do change you do change up the styles quite a bit and um, and 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 that song I like, uh, that that's kind of like a testament to the musicianship because I've noticed that you know I've been I've been a musician for like the past five years, and I've noticed that since I've started playing, 
Um, I'm no longer limited to just listening to one type of music like I used to be. I listen to lots of different styles. And... We try to do what the song needs in order to tell the story. Um, so, like, you take a song like Darmok, you know, where it has a vibe to it, and there's a that was about a very dark episode, you know. So we just try to make it fit the story. And if that means it's a chiptune sounding song or a reggae jam or whatever it has to be, we just do it. Yeah, and uh, it gets boring playing the same thing over and over and over. So it's nice to have a little bit of uh, you know latitude. When you're Dude, we have the ultimate freedom. We're really lucky, actually, because you know we set the precedent doing a million different types of sounds and genres. And people expect that from us. So if we did, like, let's say, a whole industrial record, it would throw everybody for a loop. They want to hear the variety. And a lot of bands get stuck where they're in one style, and that's their their money, you know. And then for us, you know, sky's the limit. So we're actually very blessed to have that freedom in this group. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like, um, you know, you get a Bon Jovi record, it sounds like a Bon Jovi record. You get a side sure. record, it sounds like something different every time. Absolutely. Um, I do think Hyperspace, we have the most cohesive sound on our new album because uh, they all kind of grew out of the same kind of uh, a groove, a big heavy riff. But within that, there's so many elements too that just, uh, you know, like the keyboards, just adding that is a whole new... This is true. Cthulhu sounds completely different from everything else on the record. Yeah, all the songs stand on their own two feet. That's what's cool. You know, it's, uh, no two songs sound alike. So mm. I'm, I'm happy with it. Very proud. We worked our asses off on this thing. And uh, we will actually be, is it November 4th, Jim, where we kind of, this is our impromptu CD release, basically. November 1st, it'll be available online, but November 4th, we'll be playing live at the Fan- Fantasy Fantaco Nerd Fest in Orlando at the Geekies here in Winter Park, and that's going to be when we officially release it in physical form. Cool. So if any of your listeners happen to be in Florida, get your ass down there, shake hands, hug us, have a beer, buy the album. So um, will you be, uh, will you be videoing, videoing that concert and putting it on YouTube? Or? You know, that's a fantastic idea, Jim. There's a good chance it will be streaming, but uh, they won't announce the, the links for the streaming for the overseas viewers until the day of the show. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> well, keep an eye on our Twitter, at um, Band, and uh, we'll put the updates for the links on there as soon as we get them. Obviously, with you all being musicians, you've all got different influences. Um, you know, would you like to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, everybody's different. Uh, actually... Dan and I both love Typo Negative. Nobody else yeah, in the band really good. listens to them. But then, you know, Jim and I enjoy Deftones together. Chuck likes everything. Like, all of us, my, Chuck and I my, both really love Pantera. I like Dana Carey from Tool, man. That guy is a god on the drums. Dana Carey like, is a reincarnation of, J- of John Bonham. Everybody <laughs> has their own stuff that they like, and it comes out in the music, I think, because, you know, uh, like for right now, I've, I've got Beck, Frank Sinatra, Jimi Hendrix, and Amy Winehouse on my vinyl playlist, and then I can switch gears and listen to Slayer like in a heartbeat. So everybody's got a million different influences they pull from and when we put them all together that's what makes it easy for us to 
have you know fresh exciting songs all the time because we might might go um like uh like the end of Darmok, for example is like a kind of a a pirate sea jam almost it's like the ocean we call it very santana like um next song we can do nerdcore rap <laughs> everybody has so many different influences and that's what makes it cool is that no idea goes unnoticed and you know that and, and i think that's um i think that's generally what's wrong with music today you know in terms of the mainstream and, and the commercial stuff that's charting it's also like sticking to the one style right well when something makes money and is successful the the first thing anybody is going to think to do is to recreate it so that's where you get stuck with this you know a band gets a label put on them and they're you know they probably want to write whatever they want but they can't you know do those contracts and money we don't have to deal with that so my most exciting thing about this new album is having Dan aboard because he brings a whole new dimension to everything. He's got uh, this whole guitar knowledge that nobody knew about because he's he was a pirate rapper. Exactly. And he brings a new energy and just like a new a new depth to the groove that we we've never had before. Also, and Dan we, has a lot of knowledge in the studio, so crafting the sound of this record was a lot of legwork on Dan as well. You know, we leaned on that knowledge, which, you know, is, is refreshing to have, but that means working your ass off. Like I said, you know, everybody has pulled their weight and, uh, and put all of their strengths in. And I think we've got a fantastic product. How many of you are there again? You know, because it's so like, it sounds like a pretty full band. You've got a bass player, two guitarists, keyboard and drums. Or do, do you have more than that? So it's, it's a five-piece. We've got a drummer. Uh, we've got Sonny on the bass. we got Vern, who's the singer. And then uh, we got Chuck on the guitar, and then I play guitar and keys uh, on some tunes. So and you fun. sing as well, man. Yeah, and I sing as well on a few tunes. So we've got, we've got a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of sound coming out of the five of us. Cool. Yeah, so, like, um, I mean, the, you know... The, the new album you got coming out, um, I mean, your, your past stuff is so like, it's always, you've always so like uh, taken ideas from things like Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, um, Star Trek, Star Wars. Uh, what, what can the fans expect from, from, from the new, 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 new stuff um, in terms of uh, the, the influences in terms of science fiction shows and movies? We've always had one Star Wars and Star Trek song in every album. That is, uh, that's a law. That's an unwritten law. It will be one Star Wars and one Star Trek song. <laughs> I guess it's written now. Now we all agree that that's uh, it's just the the rules. That's how it is. Cool. Yeah, and then Katoon, uh, the Hearthstone was new, and uh, so then we yeah. did. So th we did a really good one though. Uh, we did a song called "One with the Force." That was yes. pretty good. That was a tune about uh, the uh, the Jedi Temple and all that. Uh, what's the guy's name, Jim? Well, Kirit Umwe. Yeah, Kirit Umwe. Kirit Umwe. That's so like a Rogue One F reference. Yeah, a little ch little chant going on in there. And then we did for Star Trek, we did Holodeck Love. And then uh, we did a song about Mario called Save the Maiden. And that's a really that's neat right. song. It's a, it's a tune about how Mario uh, keeps chasing down the princess, but she thinks he's kind of a jerk, so she doesn't like him. <laughs> uh, and, and so, you know, we just... We kind of go all over the place, but, you know, between... And then Cthune is about some World of Warcraft stuff. Um, 
Auto, oh, a tune called Autocorrect. I think we can all face that in everyday oh, life. Oh, God, I hate Autocorrect. No, it's not about Autocorrect. <laughs> so that's a, that tune's a duck and ditch. That that song is more of, Vern calls it the public service announcement. The, the ultimate lesson is don't text and drive. So that makes the song not quite as franchise-oriented like a Star Wars or Star Trek, but this is also, like Dan mentioned, a real-life thing. And when we went to write this, we basically just started writing on whiteboards, like, you know, little phrases that our phone might correct and embarrass you. Next thing you know, every whiteboard is full. So we're actually having to narrow down, how do we take these hundred funny phrases and cram them into one song? So that was a challenge, was just trying to pick the funniest lines. But again, you know, we're telling a story where there's imagery involved in what the words are saying. And I feel like, musically that one has emotion and mood there's like a big we call it a sam kennison rant at the end where it amps up you know we just tried to uh to make it clever but make it relatable and also on this album we did for the first time ever we did a serious song that's not nerdy in any way it's called problems that was uh that was kind of inspired by the whole pulse incident because we're from orlando mm -hmm. so uh we actually got invited to play a, a benefit for the pulse for the Pulse nightclub shooting, cool. and we were playing at the at the at the benefit. We said we need to do a song about this. We need to 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 get this out because it was just like so much emotional baggage for all of us that uh, we needed to yeah, put it, it out. Yeah, it happened right here in our town, you know. So yeah. we wanted to be involved. Was was that the was that the gay club that had the shoot mass shooting last year? The Pulse is that is that yeah, the yep. yeah, it was. Right this moment, Ian, I'm not kidding you. I live less than two miles from that spot. I'm standing less than two miles from there now. Yeah, you know, it, you know, to me, to me, it doesn't matter whether you're gay, straight, black, white, or you know, whatever. You know, so like um, a mass shooting's a mass shooting, and it's fucking tragic. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you're trying to go out and have a good time and get shot. What yeah, the hell? it's just it's. <laughs> we we needed to write a song that let our emotions out, and that's where problems came in. We had a big shout to Mega Ram actually uh, came in and did a verse on that. And while we're at it, we had a really good time the other night with, uh, there was Mega Ran, Schaefer the Dark Lord, MC Frontalot, and MC Lars were all concluding their friendship tour in Orlando. The great times with those guys. Check their records out. They're good friends of ours. And uh, it was Dan's birthday. Was Remember birthday. that, Dan? It was my birthday. Thursday <laughs> was my birthday. That was a good night, though. Um, Everybody that was involved, you know, in Orlando, uh, IQ, Kent, all our friends were there. And um, we had a really good time hanging out with those guys. And uh, Mega Ran just made me remember the other night after talking about him being on the album. So it was cool with him doing an extra verse on problems for us. Hey, Jim, tell him who played your drums in Parsippany. That would have been Jonathan Frakes. Cool. You did? Yeah, he he was uh he sat down behind the drum kit and had them turn it on while uh while we were uh he was doing his panel or whatever. And he just started playing the kick drum, thought it was kinda of fun. Yeah, I mean I didn't know he even played drums. It was fun. He didn't really play drums, he just kinda of played on my drums. Still, man, right. he the dude was on your kit. He, he played, he yeah, played and, on your... and Tim Ross. So, so Tim Ross, who is uh, Tuvok, Tuvok. Tuvok on, on Voyager, he played my guitar. Uh, we did a little jam sesh with him. 
Because he's actually a musician. Yeah, he's like a he's a serious business musician. Mm-hmm. Tim Russ was he shreds a guitar. He's really good. A lady in the audience asked him the next day. She she said, "Tim, do you care? Were you a musician first or an actor first? He's like musician first. Next question. <laughs> yeah, one of the coolest things in uh, Persephone was when we were we were uh, walking on Carl Urban, and we thought it would be fun to walk him on to ACDC, uh, Back in Black. He walks up, he starts singing it in keys, got the range and everything. He's just singing ACDC while we're playing. It was the coolest thing ever. Have you, have you done anything with Judge Dredd yet? Because um, obviously there's a new series in the making called Mega City One. Which is based on Didn't we talk about this recently? Yeah, this, that's one thing we're talking about doing, you know, Judge Dredd. That'd be cool. Might be dreadful. We <laughs> talked about... Uh, oh. <laughs> that, that's what you should call coming. it, dreadful. You know, <laughs> the, 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 the criminal but element. Spell it dreadful. Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 or you could call it dread before the fall. <laughs> wow. Ian, we just need to do a few tracks with you. Like we'll bounce some of your ideas, we'll hear your riffs, we'll mm. see what we get. Well I do have a ringy ringy simple riff which uh which you know probably sounds kinda like punk, but it's probably so like uh, I probably nicked it from somebody else without realizing it. Well there's only eight notes, so we have to share. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, this, well, this only. I mean, uses, don't plagiarize people, but you know we got to share. This only yeah. uses three notes, but I suppose if you actually change the tuning of the guitar, you could probably get away with plagiarizing it. I don't want to plagiarize. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Jim's like, I'm down. Let's steal. <laughs> We've had a lot of new films and new TV shows. As as anything that's coming on that's new. Um, had any influence on, 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 on music? Is there anything that you're working on right now which is based on any of the new TV shows? I want to do a Stranger Things song. Yes. Yeah, Stranger Things. Um, we're, we were thinking about an Orville-themed song. Actually, uh, we have one in the Dropbox right now called 13 Episodes on Fox because everything that we see on Fox that we love gets canceled in 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So have you done any? Uh, have you done any songs based on Arrow, Flash, Legends of the Galaxy? Yes, Legends. there's a song called Arrow. It's on uh, season five. Is it called? And apparently, that's all we have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really play it anymore. Uh, but yeah, there's an Arrow song. I think there's. I think there's some sore subject. So, so the guy bef- who was in the band before me was the guy who wrote part of that song. So we just don't play that song anymore. Is that, what it, is that right? That's kind of how it worked out. Yeah, right. so that's, you know, that's the realities of, of being in a band. New, uh, new album's out on 1st of, uh, 1st of November, and you can tell that I'm slowly but surely getting very drunk here. <laughs> I could not tell. I'm so drunk that I couldn't tell you were drunk. Yeah, well... I mean that that's that's one thing that I like about your stuff. Well, it's one one of the many things I like about your stuff is every song it's kind of got a story to it. It's kind of got a narrative, you know, that that drives all the way through. Whereas um, you know, a lot, a lot of the songs that you get in the mainstream charts now, it's sort of like maybe one or two sentences, one or two words. It's it's kind of like right. music music for idiots. You know, that's in the charts now. 
yep. in terms of you know lyrics. Whereas you you, you guys you, you you have a narrative. There's always a story to whatever song you, you you're doing, and I really enjoy that. You know, I think that's why I kind of like things from the Eagles and 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 Queen. There's always a story in the song. There's yeah, a narrative. dude, specifically like the Eagles, for example. Mm-hmm. You have a visual in your mind when you hear each song. If it's life in the fast lane, you might think about cars going fast. If it's Hotel California, you know that album cover. You know, and for us, doing the video when we're done with the song is the ultimate realization. But like I've said this entire interview, we try to paint a vivid picture of what's in our head movies, if you will, when we write these songs. And I'm so happy that we've got a lineup that's capable capable of doing it. And um, we've hyperspace. I'm so proud of. I cannot wait for this thing to drop. I can't wait for you to hear it, Ian. And uh, you know, we can talk fucking gear. We can talk uh, whatever you want, man. I, I just I want you to hear it, and then once you take that in, tell us if we're painting good pictures or not. Like to me, that's our goal.
Yeah, we have a, a tune called Whatever Happened to Split Screen. It's about, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when you used to play games on the floor in front of the TV with it, like, zapping you through a tube. Now everybody, you know, just has headsets and whatever, and they're all in their own house, or, you know, nobody goes together to play. Go away, I gotta, you know, split screens. I guess it's a little bit around, but not like it used to be.
I I think you know we're pretty much done. So like we've talked quite a lot about music and influences and stuff like that. Is, is there any any final plugs you want to give? Yeah. Um, so you know if you re- if you liked what you heard tonight and you wanted to check out more about SciFried, you can go to our website sci-fried.com. Um, you can go to our Facebook, become a fan on Facebook, like our page. Um, our new album Hyperspaced drops on November first. You can get it on CD Baby. Uh, and uh, just look up Sci Fried. Uh, iTunes. It on iTunes. It'll end up on Google Spotify. Yeah, all the places. Also, we're playing. Uh, we are opening up for Psycho Stick when they come through town. Uh, we're going to be playing at the at the Haven in Winter Park. We're going to November thirtieth. November thirtieth. There's going to be five bands. It's going to be amazing. Uh, so come see us there in Winter Park at the Haven. Or if you're going to be in the D.C. area and you will like video games, come see us at MAGFest, Music and Gaming Festival. And that's going to be from January 4th through the 7th in uh, Washington, D.C. area. But uh, the actual physical address is National Harbor, Maryland. And Also, uh, November 4th at Orlando, Florida, <laughs> the makeshift impromptu. Awesome CD release party of hyperspace. So at the gaming one, are you going to be taking on all comers to racing games? That sounds like a plan. <laughs> yes. Cool. Okay, well, I'd like to thank Cyfried for being on the show today. Thanks, guys. It's been great, you know, joking around and talking with you. Thank Thanks, you so man. Much. Yeah. And we appreciate it. It's fun. And uh, best of luck with the uh, with the new album. Thanks, man. And uh, hey, listen to it. <laughs> we will, we will. At maximum volume. Yeah, it might, might break my speakers, but I'll give that a go.
Sean, it's great to have done this show with you. As always, it's always a lot of fun. Um, and um, and I, I just want to book you now for next year so that we so that we don't miss out. So are you up to do it again next year? Sure, and hopefully uh, Linda won't be um, you know flying on her broomstick across the United States of America. <laughs> Well, she got a, I thought she was a modern woman. I thought she would have been flying on a Hoover or something. No, she likes she likes traveling the the, the classic way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Did, did she did she get get a few games of Quidditch on her way? Sure, and she gets a uh, frequent uh, flyers mileage. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all good. Doesn't got a dusting along the way. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as always, thanks for joining us. Um, We've had a great time doing this Halloween show, um, and we'll be back at you next year. I don't want to scare anyone, but I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. Yo, with your face.